Okay, well folks, and hello and welcome to the wardroom once again, and for today we are looking at the ship life element of um, the wardroom uh, uh, company. And today we are going to be talking to Chris and we're going to be talking to Sam about the first day on board. For anyone that's worked on board a ship before, you'll know that it can be quite a daunting experience, and today uh, we're going to be sharing our feelings on how it was for when we first joined. Gentlemen, how are we doing? You well? You're doing it again yeah, to me good. again, aren't you? This is, really, <laughs> <laughs> this is not going to be a running thing every time we do a podcast, please. Right, but you're doing well, yes? It already good? is, yeah. Mike. It already is. Yeah, like, all good, mate. Thank you. All good. <laughs> good, good. Right. So let's uh, let's just start off by saying, uh, well, what job do you uh, what do you currently do on the sh uh, so Sam to you first? What what are you currently doing and how long have you been at sea? Uh, I've been at sea almost five years, um, and I, for that whole time, I've been a production manager. So um, I look after all the back of house uh, aspects of the entertainment operation. Oh, excellent! So you went straight in as production manager, didn't have to start off as a grunt sort of thing. I, yeah, I was. I was already a PM on a touring show um, before oh, that, and okay. a couple of other things. Um, so I kind of worked my way up before I came to sea. Oh, excellent! Oh, brilliant! Um, Okay, over to Chris. How did you? Uh, come uh, well, to work now, uh, now I'm the assistant entertainment director, but I started off as a seasonal youthy. A seasonal youthy, okay. and that was about a seasonal youthy. That was my first job about 14 years ago. Good God! Right, so you've got a fair amount of experience there. <laughs> and uh, well, and and me, I joined about 15 years ago as a as a what a waiter to start off with um i'm currently uh, entertainment host um slash social host on the odd occasion sort of thing but i did have a nine year gap in between so i haven't done quite as many years as chris has at the moment but still quite <laughs> so between us that's uh, that's a fair amount of I've, I've got about five years experience so between us we've got at least sort of 20 20 odd years experience being at sea so our first day was quite a long time ago, so hopefully we'll be able to uh, remember <laughs> what it was like. Um, so, just, so before we got before you got on the ship and stuff, were you given um, like a list of things that you had to bring? And how did you, well, how did you feel about getting the job? First of all, was it something that you always wanted to do, or something you just fell into? Uh, start off with Chris. Okay, so. I was originally employed as a seasonal youthy, meaning I was only meant to be on for like just a few weeks. I think I joined October 28th. I was only supposed to be on until I remember the original end date was December 14th. So I was only covering like a random gap. Mm. Um, and I actually came in through an outside company uh, who provide seasonal workers with kids. Um, so it was only ever meant to be a temporary thing. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Here I am, nearly you know, 15 years later, <laughs> and so I didn't really think much about like leaving home or anything like that, or say goodbye to friends and family, because it was only meant to be like you know, about oh, a month yeah, or so. I, suppose, yeah. I, I even had a, a completely, I even had a separate job lined up for when I got back. Um, I was meant to be going into like an outdoor activity centre, uh, and that was very much my line of work, just working with kids and sports and things like that. But during my first contract, one of the permanent members of staff quit. And they said, can you stay on for Christmas? Uh, I said, yes, finished off their contract. And next thing you know, it, I'm still here. <laughs> Fair enough. That's a pretty, <laughs> that's one way of getting on board. 
Uh, and uh, over to you, Sam. You said you uh, you were a production manager first of all um, on land, and then that experience brought you onto ships straight away into the production manager role. Yeah, um, yeah. So I did. Um, I worked my way up from sound engineer um, originally, um, and I, I did a lot of live sound gigs and stuff, um, for mini festivals and musical theatre and stuff. And then I just kind of worked my way up through the stage manager route. Um, so just before coming to see, I did um, a couple of sort of am- semi-amateur paid gigs um, in musical theatre as, as PM, um, and I was doing a tour at the time when I got offered the job, and they, they literally just rang me up one day because somebody had handed their notice in, and they said, um, can you start? And I said, yeah, sure, just give me four weeks uh, to do my handover on tour. And they said, no, no, we need you. Uh, I think it was it, three days later or something like that. So uh, that's ridiculous. So, uh, we we had a bit what? of a we had a bit of a negotiation, um, and um, four weeks later, as I as I said originally, four weeks later I was on the ship. Um, what tour were you on at the time, Sam? What what tour were you on at the time, Sam? What, what uh, were you doing? I don't think we should discuss that here. Should we? <laughs> <laughs> See, um, I, I, I don't on, know, so I would really I like to the ask. Lady what... Boys of Bangkok tour. Were you really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, not as a performer. I'd like <laughs> <to say>. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair um, enough. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 can was, imagine I started that... off there as the tech stage manager. Um, I can imagine that's a pretty big live show, though. That must be a pretty in-depth. It's yeah, live I mean, it's kind of medium-scale touring. It's not, it's not like number one musical tours, but it's um, sort of medium-scale up to sort of two thousand-seater theatres and stuff all around UK and Ireland. So it's oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it, it was a, a really good gig for me and, and great to get my foot in. Um, as a kind of permanent PM role, um, yeah. and then yeah, got offered this job. Um, I didn't really want to go to see, if I'm completely honest. It was never something on my bucket list. Um, so how did it? So just from but, your company that suggested that you well, take this the, job the in. job the job came up, and obviously I knew a lot of people because I've been I worked at Butlins and things, and I knew a lot of people who had gone to see. Yeah, um, Worked for various companies, primarily Royal Caribbean, and um, a job came up with with um the with carnival uk and and i just thought you know what the 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 brand that was a brand that it would be the only one that i'd want to work for um put it that way so um when i got the job um yeah i was i was really thrilled and and just decided to jump in head first and um yeah i've thoroughly enjoyed it and and definitely see a, a longevity with them and working my way up yeah uh, it's actually, I mean, for, for me, it was, it was a little bit, uh, that's, I mean, both your stories are pretty interesting. I mean, for me, it was a bit different. I was I was working as a waiter just in a, what is it, what was I, just in a, in a hotel sort of nearby where I live um, in East Sussex. And a friend of mine, he, uh, he used to work for a, a smaller company that sort of does high luxury sort of thing. And he had loads and loads of, um, lots of experience. He, he's an Australian guy and he uh, he's told me how great it would be to sort of work on these ships and things so he then uh, things happened he went back to australia and it sort of always stuck with me and i thought you know what i want to go and experience it so when i was 19 i started to apply uh, for working on ships um they said you had to be 21 to join um but by the time i got to the interview process i'd already turned 20 and they brought me on a little bit earlier um and uh, and yeah so i ended up going on as a sort of 
an assistant waiter, which is where you have to go through lots of training and an academy and learn about the service procedures and stuff like that. When you're on board, you get like a week's worth of training, which like um, uh, academy training sort of thing, which I think they still do on a lot of the ships sort of thing. Um, yeah, and I just applied for it in time and by and I finally got I mean, I'd never even seen a cruise ship in my entire life but yet yeah, just because on the back of this what this guy had told me I uh, I went off and I did it but, uh, but the funny thing was I haven't met I haven't seen him again until this year when we were doing a world cruise and I got to meet up with him like literally what 16 17 years later haven't seen him for that amount of time and it's just got to go for a beer with him and chat to him about the fact that i managed to get the job <laughs> just because it got brought there which was no that was pretty cool just for having that much of a break yeah that's but, pretty cool but um but yeah so when we join the ship obviously we get sent uh packing lists and things that we've got to bring with us and things is there anything um that you didn't put on that list that you re that that you didn't bring with you or you should have brought with you that you will never forget from now on from you forgetting it from your first first ship pretty much everything yeah you forgot everything, everything. <laughs> I, I i got it completely wrong i mean the the how we all met is through quite a luxury brand and yeah i i turned up on day one thinking you know what managerial role um probably get away with you know like a, a smart sweater polo shirt combo <laughs> maybe, maybe some really smart jeans something like that so i turn yeah. up on day one i had i brought one case which was my first mistake because everyone brings about four cases with them um so i brought one case and i crammed in it um you know like sweaters smart jeans a couple of pairs of chinos um, I had minimal shirts. I, I did bring a tuxedo, luckily, yeah, um, and that. I had one jacket. And I turned up on day one <laughs> in in my sweater polo shirt, and and literally everybody was just like, "What are you wearing? You can't wear that. It's not formal enough." <laughs> and I was like, "What do you mean? What do you mean?" And and everyone was in full suits and shirts and everything. Um, and then at night time, obviously, the dress code goes up and you need ties and stuff. And, and I just, yeah, for the first couple of cruises, I'm, I managed to get by with my one jacket and my tuxedo. But Thank after you. that, I, I just had to go shopping. <laughs> and the next contract, I literally binned off about half of my case because I just knew I wouldn't need it. <laughs> how, about, how about you, Chris? Was there anything that you forgot? Obviously, yours was a, your first contract was a lot shorter, so... I suppose uh, you didn't yeah, have well, to that, that was the problem. Oh, was it the was problem? meant to be a lot shorter. Oh, yeah, of yeah, course. I, I, I didn't pack anywhere near enough to stay in the Caribbean for like four and a half months. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> funny enough, I, I actually got I got zero information from um, Just a quick the guy. actual oh, ship hold, company hold itself. Has someone got a... Has uh, someone police... come in to arrest you? I was going to say. Yeah, is... that was outside my... yeah. Well, the uh, yeah, you... that was it. Like... <laughs> you know what? We'll leave that in. Uh, you do live in a, in a classy <laughs> Ladies area. Ladies and gentlemen, just to make you aware, that job uh, Chris's job title is bank robber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can he still oh, leave it? Yeah, Can we'll still see. Leave it? I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll decide. We might have to cut that bit out. All right. Okay. So. Uh, 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, I didn't get that much information from the actual um, ship company itself, but the outside company, which actually arranged my employment, they sent me all the details that I needed. So, yeah, I knew that I'd have to have like a tuxedo uh, and and things like that. And um, I actually just didn't bring enough of my own personal clothes. That's what I really? that's what I didn't have. Um, yeah, uh, because I actually didn't realize at the time, like um, when I actually joined, uh, we had one transatlantic, one crossing, and after that, everyone was so excited because it was the last one of the season. <laughs> and for whatever for for whatever reason, I didn't understand the the sort of excitement about that. And everyone was really excited about getting to the the Caribbean. Um, yeah. And for whatever reason, uh, everyone was extremely excited because there was going to be no particular world voyage um, the year I joined or, or the following year. So they were actually going to be staying in the Caribbean for an extended time. So everyone was stupidly excited. There's me thinking, well, I'm only here for a month anyway. I'm going to get a few ports. That's great. Yeah. Um, uh, and don't get me wrong, people showed me uh, how to enjoy the Caribbean properly. Yeah. And the, the funny thing is, is when uh, at the time... When I was working with the the kids, uh, you didn't work a port day unless they booked in, unless they were actually booked in. So we we didn't sort of have to be back at two o'clock or anything like that, like they're open now. I was there for the golden age of being a youthy, and obviously <laughs> being a seasonal youthy, obviously being a seasonal youthy, I was like la 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 la, no responsibilities. And I just remember the disappointment in a lot of people's faces when they realised that the new seasonal youthy was male. So who's a who's a new youthy? Oh, it's Chris. Oh, is she is she nice? Uh it's Christopher, not it, Christina. Oh, yeah. never mind. <laughs> Chris with a CH, <laughs> not with a K R I S. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think so. For me, I was it because I, I joined as a waiter. All of my uniform was provided for me, so. Packing wasn't really a problem, but the one thing that I didn't bring with me that I had to buy from the cruise shop was flip-flops. The first ship that I joined, uh, the first ship that I joined, obviously, they didn't have the bathroom, wasn't in the cabin. So I was sharing with one other guy, but the bathrooms were communal between about 10 cabins. So there's five toilets, five showers and five sinks, all that we have to share whilst we're getting ready in the morning. To add on to that, the first <laughs> very exciting round where you live, Chris. Um, to... <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going to shut the double glazing window for you. All right? okay. That's very kind of you. Um, but just, yeah, just for you, man. Thank you very much. But no, but the reason why it was it was so much of a nightmare is because the first ship that I joined didn't have pressurised water system. Do you see where I'm going with this? Not no, really. No. Okay, so no, no. by the time I joined ships, Mike, everything was civilised and we actually had toilets. Well, so. we had toilets. I, mean, I had, a, you, I had you electricity on mine, yeah. We had, we had toilets. Did you have to, did you have to row yourself? It, we near enough did. That was the evening job. But the uh, but because the water system wasn't pressurised, when the ship moved around, water could come back up certain utilities, shall we say. Oh. So not having flip-flops in that area could be less than enjoyable, let's put it that way. The floor would often get waterlogged from water coming back up certain avenues. And, uh, yeah, so that, that could be a hazard, to be said, of, of living in a non-pressurised water system. And not having flip-flops meant you just didn't go in there. So, at the end of the day, you had to get, yeah. So that was the first thing that I very, very quickly made sure that I brought with me and fixed up. But, yeah, unfortunately <laughs> now, any ship that is made... They have got uh, 
yeah, as you said, the, the pressurised water system, so at least nothing overflows or comes back up uh, the toilets and things, which is not particularly nice. <laughs> um, so, obviously, the first, the after, so after you've packed and stuff, we always go down to, well, for, for us it's Southampton, we go down to Southampton, and uh, the company put us up in a hotel for the night. Um, so that hotel before you join the ship is, I think you'll agree with me, that doesn't ever change from being really, really strange, doesn't it? That I think that hotel day beforehand is always a bit weird. Do you know what I mean? Or not um, really? I don't Definitely. think I've actually ever joined... Oh, maybe I have once in Southampton. I just... I just... I, my first time, though, you yeah. know I was saying that I was on tour? Yeah. So my first time, part of the agreement was that I flew out straight from tour. So oh I literally God. like finished, I finished my show the night before and I packed up and I went home and the following night at like midnight, so I had 24 hours, I, I went to Heathrow, flew to Venice and then I got picked up at Venice at like six in the morning or something. And driven private chauffeured round Venice in this like classy Mercedes with oh some Italian God. chauffeur and taken to the ship and I was the only joiner. Oh right. So oh right. So you were especially it, it, was, it was so oh my god, it was so daunting. And I was knackered <laughs> because it was like I hadn't had any rest at all. I'd literally done a show and flown straight out at, I think the flight was at something like 4am or something it yeah. was ridiculous but at least you did um, manage to, you did remember to bring a nice smart sweater for when you joined as well after getting out of your mercedes yeah 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 you know? and i turned up and obviously it was roasting hot um yeah yeah but yeah i was the only joiner so it especially oh, being right. new to ships like for some i don't know why but the message hadn't got through that i was new to ships so i mean i i turned up i had no idea where i was going what i was doing and and luckily this the Production manager knew I was coming, so he, you, he just strolled down something? the gangway and Is someone put me under his wing. <laughs> no. There's a reoccurring no, banging noise me. at the minute. It's very weird. Uh, anyway, no, <laughs> that's that's really cool. That's that's pretty. I mean, normally, I mean, Chris, you, did you have to stay in a hotel, same as me? Yes. So yeah. yeah. Uh, what was funny was, was the actual whole like actual like experience of like that. That was the most stressful part of me. Like before getting on the ship, I didn't know what I was doing, where I was going, anything like that. And the first thing they uh, that they tried to do was to uh, get me to fly from Birmingham to London. Uh, and then they said I'd be picked up at L in London at five a.m. Um, wow. To be taken to the ship. Really? Um, now, now I know people who have actually done this or who used to do this in the uk they they took their first travel experience they sort of did what they were told i just happened to ring out of like just like curiosity and say look um in the time it takes me to check in for the flight and then actually get you know get to to london etc i could actually just get a train to southampton and said can you just change my hotel to southampton instead um, I sort of thought this was like a big, huge punt, huge request, but they accommodated it straight away. Okay. But I just thought that was kind of funny the way they sort of arranged it yeah. straight, uh, arranged it like yeah. that. <laughs> um, but of, of course, like uh, bear in mind that I was joining on the very last time that uh, our ship would be in Southampton for the next like four or five months. So uh, it was a huge, a huge turnaround. changeover. Yeah. So and I, and I didn't 
this was new to me as well. Uh, so um, they put us up in a hotel. Everyone was in the same hotel. But, of course, I didn't know anybody yet. I mean, the actual hotel itself was absolutely full, absolutely chocker, but I didn't know anyone. Yeah. So I just sort of had my, had my meal or whatever, and then uh, yeah, I just stayed in my room, watched TV or, or, but that was or whatever. The strangest but what was thing. really cool... This is where yeah, I found but what the was really cool the the next day, um, the next morning, I got a phone call to my room. I knew I had to be downstairs at eight o'clock to to get the uh, coach, but I got a call at like seven thirty. <laughs> and what it was, it was uh, one of the other uh, one of the other youthies, but who was returning as permanent. Um, so she'd been in contact with the people on the ship. They knew that someone was here. They knew my name. They'd asked the uh, the hotel to call me, and so they arranged to meet me in the hotel lobby that morning and we actually got picked up by another youthie in a car <laughs> uh, so we avoided the whole All right we avoided the whole like coach situation arrived beat the coach there managed to get on first and so for my very first ship experience i knew nothing of the chaos that could have been oh, the sign-on process because uh because we beat the system and to be honest with you that led to the rest of my first day being pretty easy breezy because i had two other people with me one of them who was permanent done all the all the ships before uh who was just picking me up taking me everywhere basically doing absolutely everything with me uh, to make sure i i knew what was what was happening so i was very much uh babysat for my first day and and the induction <laughs> process is like so uh, and i think that's so important like if Definitely. and being a supervisor now um if someone's been on before I tend to just leave them to it um, because they yeah. all say you have to be at the ship by nine by nine a.m. Uh, etc. Um, uh, we all know now that it's not the end of the world as long as you make it there for induction. Um, yeah, exactly. Technically, I should be signing. I should be signing everyone on properly and things like that. Uh, but it's there's nothing more frustrating than having to wait for someone who doesn't communicate that they're not going to be there on time. Whereas it's... if it's someone brand new, I make I make sure I'm oh, out yeah. there in the terminal. Uh, ready to ready to meet them. Um, it's it's the only way to do it, really. You, oh, if it's someone who's brand new to see, you have to do it. Yeah, I mean, did it's... you both at the yeah. start? Um, did you both share? Because those roles are sharing. Yeah, roles I I had to. Share I got I got really lucky because when I had my interview, I okay. So I went down for my interview first of all, and I met up with this guy who was going to be a barman. I got on with him really really well. Turns out we both got the job. We then, but so we'd already met. So when we joined on the first day, they put us that um, because we were part of this academy that basically teaches us all the food and beverage stuff. We were looked after by them for most of our first walk round. So the guy w walked to each of the areas with the cabin key, and lo and behold, we were lucky enough to get a two-person sharing cabin, and we were sharing together for my first contract. I mean, there, you could have shared with up to five other people. And the fact that they put us two together was unbelievable. I was really sort of quite surprised by that. Um, but yeah, that was the that was, and so we also shared in the hotel the day before as well. So I was really really lucky with that. So I ended up having to share, but it was That's really okay. lucky. Yeah, like really lucky. So I'd met the guy, shared with him once, shared with him again. Um, yeah, <laughs> so it was that that was really really good actually. That was amazing. Uh, Chris, did you have to share at all? I did, and, and what's quite funny is that um, a lot of people might not realise this, but when a male is replaced by a female or a female is replaced by a male, it can upset the actual dynamics of the whole birthing process of who yeah. goes into what room. Exactly. Um, so 
I didn't know what confusion I, I'd caused, but at one point I was going to be getting a guest room just for the few weeks of just for the month I was on because they couldn't figure out what was what was happening and things like that. Uh, as it happened, I ended up sharing with the DJ. I mean, I know the, the DJ now they get their own their own room, but yeah. back in the back in back in there, back in there uh, if they needed to if they needed to share if they had to share if there's no other way then they had to they had to share but luckily the dj when i joined he was he was an awesome guy and uh, yeah another uh, mm. uh veteran of ships so he knew uh, he knew what was going on yeah. as well which was a uh, it was all good well i so, mean that's that's the thing really i think it's i mean so far i think the one thing that's been reoccurring that we've all sort of said is how welcoming absolutely everybody was i mean for me first day yeah. i was really well looked after and sort of that was it, that was the big impression that I took away from the whole experience, to be honest, was how brilliant absolutely everybody was and how great the crew was. I mean, after that initial reaction of, like, then obviously after the hotel and you first time see the ship and you look up at it and you realise, I mean, I'd never even seen a cruise ship in my life, yet I only joined on the back of this guy's recommendation. And so I'm really nervous, didn't know what to expect. This massive, massive ship. Um, as I said, luckily I'd met the guy for my interview. And then as I was boarding the ship for the very first time, I uh, I ran into uh, somebody who I ended up seeing quite a lot more of. The very first person that spoke to me and welcomed me on board that wasn't part of it was Phil Gray. Um, many of you may know Phil Gray and some of the antics that that man has gotten up to. And hopefully he'll be on a couple of podcasts <laughs> a bit later on. But the first thing he said was, you know, he sort of introduced, introduced himself said hello to us and said, you know, if you're in the bar a bit later on, I'll buy you a drink. You don't get any money on your card when you first join. I was like, I haven't been on the ship for three seconds. And the guy had invited us up to the bar and said he'd get me a beer. I mean, I don't know. There was that sort of feeling and environment that sort of made no, me want to be a 100%. Part of it for a lot longer. Yeah, hundred hundred percent. Everyone was like so welcoming, and there is that golden rule, isn't it? Like if you've just joined your first day, people just want you to like come out. Uh, yeah, we, don't worry. We know you haven't got the money. We'll, you will get you. We'll pay for you tonight. I mean, let's not forget as well. At the time, it was like uh, sixty cents for a uh, sixty <laughs> cents for a shot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a, Times a have changed. A dollar for a, for a Corona. <laughs> a dollar for a yes. Corona. I've no, got exactly. a funny story actually about the bar. About the again the first couple of days. Yeah. So. Obviously, I've I've not been at sea as long as you two, so like you've seen the good old days, but I, I've sort of seen, in my time, the transition of the drinking culture almost disappear because of the yeah. international limits and things like that. Yeah. Um, and I I went on on board on I got on board on the thirtieth of October, um, in Venice, and the next day was Halloween, so. I got on board, and that night, literally no one was out. So we went down to the crew bar and got some soft drinks and stuff, and um, the the production manager was showing me around crew areas and things. Went back to a cabin, had had an early night, and the next night was Halloween, and we finished work, and he was like, he wasn't a big partier, but he was like, you've got to come and see it. We've set up all these lights and we've got the band on and all this you've got to come down and just experience it and i was like yeah yeah cool let's go and uh it, it was i don't know if we, uh, can i say where it was because it was in the crew area which crew area 
Well, yeah, in the crew bar. In the, it was in the so so it was in the Athmore index. Oh yeah 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 yeah. And yeah. we he literally like he was taking me through these crew areas and bearing in mind I've never been on a ship before. He's like opening hatches. We're climbing up <laughs> stairs that look like they're almost like ladders. They're so steep and and I'm like, where is this dude taking me? I genuinely at one point thought that he was going to just throw me off the back of the ship <laughs> and we got we, he opens this he opens this final hatch and yeah. it was li- just the sound <laughs> my god because you're at the back of the ship it's open the speakers everywhere there's a rock band playing and he just opened this hatch door and it was just like this wall of sound and people and sweat <laughs> and humidity and oh, it was like being back God. on tour. And I just, I walked in. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was like, it was just like the dressing room on tour. Uh, yeah, and I just walked in and I was like, oh, this is what everyone says about ships. And then, and then within a few months, obviously, like the the limits came in and stuff, and everything really, really quietened down. But I was just, my first yeah. couple of days, I was just so lost. And then to see this party and it felt like everyone on the ship was there yeah and it was just like this mash of sweaty people and i was it was like being in a club in like new year's eve or something yeah it's funny you said that you joined you joined around halloween because i also i did the same thing i joined october 28th and uh obviously everyone was really excited about this you know party coming up because it was especially sponsored by you know a uh, special party in the baggage area oh the bar like team and one. i was like all right, all right cool cool um yeah the, the bar team uh, were hosting and it, it. This, they used to halloween have a fancy dress party um interesting name for the bar team parties i believe yeah. which we won't repeat on here exactly, yeah, it was exactly. one of those it's one of those parties uh, so obviously everyone was really excited about it and that was my first party on a on a on a ship, um, we'd had a couple of nights in the the in the, in the crew bar, um, but then we had the big Halloween party, and I tell you what, everyone was dressed up, everyone made maximum effort. It was an amazing party. Am I in any of the photos? Absolutely not, because I'd only just joined, <laughs> and I, I was the guy behind the camera in every single photo. And because I was only only because I was only staying like a, a few weeks or whatever. Sort of seasonals are sometimes, especially if they're male, are sort of like, yeah, you, you know. I think one person quoted it uh, to me very, um, and I've never forgotten this quote. And I said, yeah, that was the Halloween party where I just took all the, I wasn't in. The, and he said, well, yeah, you you weren't important then. You didn't matter. So uh, thanks for that, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't remember saying that at all. That's rubbish. I, I do. Would... Every time I every time I cried myself to sleep, I remember you saying that. Oh my god, David, that's... I, 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 you're, I'm happy your photos turned out. I don't remember saying that. So everyone made me feel so welcome. It sounds that's like so something I would say, but I don't remember saying it. You didn't say it on the night, don't worry. You said it a lot later, when you oh. realised I was staying. Oh, good. Um, and t- t- to be to be fair, actually, I owe, I'll say this. Uh, I owe a lot to, to Mike, because <laughs> to actually get out of being a youthie to go into Ents at the time, uh, they were short-staffed and things like that. And uh, I, I think it was uh, Mike and... Uh, uh, a girl called Tori who suggested it to the cruise director at the time that you know, yeah. they should get me to host a couple of quizzes and things like that. Just just from getting to know me in the uh, in the officers' bar and things like that. I mean, I I barely got the carpet burns off my knees from chasing the wooden snakes, and I was going from you know <laughs> youth to 
<laughs> to, to, to Ents. Uh, and that is not code. That's what I would no. do. I would pretend to be Steve Irwin and jump on uh, these little wooden snakes that we used to paint. I mean, Croy! Yeah. And that was uh, that was how I got a job in Ents. <laughs> oh, God. It's all coming out now. This that's is a different amazing. side of both of me. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's, uh, that's the thing. That, no, it was amazing. It was just we needed you... We needed you for those events but i mean it's it's also it's that has been the good thing especially for me and i suppose and for you as well um chris is that we both came on with a different job in mind to what we currently have i mean i came on with the obviously the idea of being a waiter and that was what i wanted to do and everything and i and all of a sudden i got to know the ents team and the youth team and stuff on on, on the uh i nearly said the name of the ship then on the ship to start off with and uh and that was that was how you got in. You it was possible to move between departments a lot more fluid than it is today. I mean, there's the sort of the whole job market sort of thing requires you a lot now to have the qualifications to do the job. Whereas sometimes you can train some people up and they they can do just as good a job, if not better, than those with qualifications. And the ships used to give you that opportunity to do that. Obviously, it's just uh, which was really really good. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be where I would, I'd say I'd say that's a massive selling point for anyone who wants to work at sea is just the the way that you can cross train for other jobs and completely different uh, yeah. departments is just phenomenal you you wouldn't get that anywhere else i was amazed by it when i got on board like i i'd, I'd work with a stage crew who like had trained up from housekeeping or a laundryman yeah. or something like that and they're just as good as any other stage crew Completely. But if that was if that was land based and the the cleaner came in and said I want to train to be a stage crew, most of the time you'd have so much paperwork and rubbish to get through that it would never happen. But on at sea, it's so common for people to cross train and work their way up. And and like I mean, Chris, you you've worked up practically every role in Ents. Like you worked <laughs> your way up. Yeah. Um, but but other people come in from other departments, and it's like it is a great plus points working at sea is there's so many promotional opportunities isn't there 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 really is i mean that was i, I was I, I couldn't believe it i mean as i said i was a waiter and the, the life of being a waiter compared to the life of being an ents is is it's worlds apart i mean wait a waiting day is it's tough i mean really tough and to do it i did nine months was the longest one i did no eight months just month off um a filipino contract sort of thing the filipino guys tend to do a longer contract than, than anyone else uh, which is tough to handle but i mean how how on earth they do it i don't know but i did eight months as an assistant waiter and that's that you're up pretty much every morning at six o'clock in the morning to get ready to open up for breakfast you then have an hour off before you go into lunch you then have you then either go straight to afternoon tea and then we had another hour and a half two hours off before dinner if we were lucky and then after that you'd be done for the day and to go from that to being ents i mean to, to be ents i i that we have crew shows every now and again and i got the chance to perform on one and then the ents team and the ents director saw me in that and then they offered me a job as ents after seeing me doing a crew show which was phenomenal um, I thought, did you do Backstreet Boys? I didn't. It wasn't as good as our Backstreet Boys rendition. Um, did you do your meatloaf? Was it was it your was it your meatloaf? No, it Bad wasn't. Hell. I no no. I didn't sing. I did Lee Evans sketch. It was. Um, I did when he. Uh, what is it? The one that um, when he does the actions to Bohemian Rhapsody. 
So oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Everyone was expecting me. Everyone was expecting me to go out and sing, and I literally in front of the guests. I mean, I look back at the Lee Evans sketch now, and there's so many over the top suggestive actions that he does in that sketch that I, was, <laughs> I would never get away with doing now. Um, and I, and I, <clears throat> I did that, and they uh, yeah, and they ended up bringing me over to Ents. And then I had my first couple of days as Ents, and I just fell in love with it. It was just it didn't seem like work. Um, I, it is work, of course it is. I mean, you've got to, you've got to have. If you've got that ability to get on with guests and in, enjoy working with people, then it doesn't seem like work, really. So I, I just couldn't believe it when I got moved over. And after that, I just fell in love with it and just. Then I had an accident and left. But that's for another podcast. We'll worry about why I left and why I came <laughs> back another time. I think. But um, but yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah. No, I mean the. But that that whole first day is just, I mean, it's just filled with so much information as well. I mean, you also, not only have you got to try and find your way around, but you've also got to try and, um, what, you've got to go to, um, well, just quickly before we move on to inductions and things, just a story about um, a guy called Smithy, who's a friend of mine and Chris's, who was sort of part of the original crowd of people when we first started. Um on his first day and he met his cabin mate who was I think I think was one of the singers actually at the time no it was it was production it was production and um he basically he he always tells this he went to the um went to the went to have a shower and just before he had a shower sort of before he went to go get a chair he he opened the door back again and just sort of said to him um are you uh are you gonna still be here when I finish and then he went yeah and then he just closed the door. He doesn't know why he asked <laughs> if he was still going to be there after he'd had his shower or not. But for some reason, <laughs> he felt compelled to ask this guy, are you were, you were just, just as if he's scared about, if, don't leave me on my own. Just, are you still going to be here? <laughs> <laughs> That's really, really funny. Uh, but yeah, but, no, um, but as I said, inductions. Uh, we get a lot of safety training on day one. It is a, when you're new to see, how daunting is that amount of information? anyone absolutely <laughs> mental it's, really it's insane mental. It's, isn't it I, I i i do think it's too much on the very first day there's yeah. just too much um half the people and also the problem is a lot of people like i said they do if they're joining in southampton maybe they've flown into to london and they're picked up at 5 a.m um uh for other people they've got to learn their job it's a stressful day and it's just it's a lot to take in. It's uh, so much to take. I know they have to. I know, I know there's certain things that they have to get across, like within the first 24 hours, uh, with rules and things like that. But I, I, I think it's. I think they. It's too much on day one, and they should send something about safety information out before you join, because I didn't know anything about this before I joined. Yeah. Um. I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything about the safety part of ships before before I joined, and I just think that's actually more important than a a list of you know make sure you pack underwear and socks. Just <laughs> you know if they if 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 oh, they could send right. out like the safety information and things like that and what you'd be expected before you join, uh, because. I just remember, obviously now it's uh, we, we're sort of sitting there in inductions. We've done the same inductions, you know, hundreds of times. In some in some in some cases, we're giving the training in part of the inductions. But uh, yeah, it's it's just a lot on the very first day. A lot when people really their priority is to like, okay, right, um, I need to learn my job. Like, where do I live? Where do I eat? Like, <laughs> where, yeah. you know, I things mean, like that. Once you've um, once you've done it a couple of times, it's all right because you know that first day you have the whole refresher thing. 
you know, we've all been through it so many times that when we turn up, we can then go, all right, yep, cool, just a little refresher, and and you can and you can sort of get on with it. But I think as a, as a newbie, um, the well, thing is, though, for me again, it wasn't too bad. I was coming in as an assistant waiter, so my my safety duties were were pretty easy. Like I came in as a well, a stairway guide, so I had to operate the stairways, know which way was up the stairs, know which way was down the stairs, and that was about it. Um, then Chris, I suppose <laughs> for you it was it was uh, not too bad. Obviously, you knew how to you just had to know where things were, but you had people around you that would help you out with that. But I would imagine for Sam going in as a production manager with that, that must have been a lot of information for you to learn, though. Um, yeah, but I mean, I was quite lucky because, as I said, I was the only joiner, um, and they were. I think they were on the way back to Southampton after Venice. So I had about six days, I think, before the next cruise started. So I got on board. I was the only joiner, so I I had private inductions. It was great. (laughs) Oh, okay, yeah. So I was sat down. I sat down and I had like a full private induction one, um, (laughs) and literally asked whatever questions I wanted. So I. And I don't, I don't know why, but I just because I was so used to working in a safety and management orientated role, a lot of it made sense. The the things that didn't make sense to me were the the physical things of being on a ship, like the watertight doors and things like that. But the actual safety procedures and and the kind of crowd management type of things you yeah. you kind of learn a lot of that anyway when you're when you're working in theater because you, your yeah. safety procedures have to be so intense but yeah i mean some some of the mechanical side of it and, and things are, um it, it's a lot of information to take in on day one and i can see why when there's sort of 200 people there um all crowded around a powerpoint presentation it, it's it's not perhaps the best um way of taking in information um but it's at the end of the day every cruise line's like it isn't it it's, yeah. it's maritime law that and you've you've got to fulfill your your maritime requirements oh, no, until completely. they until they sort of make um changes to that no cruise line's going to ever be able to um do anything any different um, no, really... but yeah i think i think it is a lot to take in I mean, the information 100% has to be passed on and the, the the importance of the information is so important that it would be... The thing is, though, you just don't have that option. If it was if it was possible to do it in the hotel the day before, that would be amazing. But the thing is, though, on the ship, we have the venues where we can seat all of the crew and everyone and talk mm. to, and go through all of these things. So it is really the next opportunity where you can get all of the crew together in order to do all of these bits and pieces. But... Uh, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a lot of information, especially for a new joiner. But it's uh, and I've actually got a funny story about my very first induction. Actually, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, go for it. Um, sorry, I just remember that um, I I obviously joined this on this big turnaround, and there was a couple other people joining in the ENTS team the same day as me. I can't remember exactly who, uh, but I just remember being sat in induction one or waiting for induction one to start, and the cruise director pops his head in to say hello to a couple of people who've just come back and then he what he did was he sort of like did this sneaky like oh guys i just need you to come with me for a second to get them out of induction um 
<laughs> and uh, and he and he he was he was introduced to me. He's like, oh, this is Chris. He's youth here. He's like, oh, yeah, okay. And then he, he he called me along as well. I was like, God, I think I better stay because I don't yeah. know what I'm I was like, I had the opportunity to leave my first induction, um, but I was like, no, I, I also, I need to probably listen to this, and also <laughs> the fact that I, I need to be back here, because the person who's coming to pick me up, I need them to show me where I go again, <laughs> I don't know where, I'm completely <laughs> lost, so, you know, we've been taken to, like, you know, this random area of the ship, I was like, ah, this is great, but I should probably stay. <laughs> so, in your, uh, so, in your, in your first day, I mean, did you uh, did you realise how much of an inconvenience pages were going to be? I mean, they are just no, because um, I didn't have one. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you didn't have one, did you? No. I, I I actually on my on my first ship it was a phone. It wasn't a page. Oh, yeah, deck, oh de ooh, um, fancy. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I yeah, funny story about a pager. I woke up bolt upright in the middle of the night one night because the foghorn was going off but the foghorn from my particular cabin was the same kind of level and noise as the pager going off on the deck <laughs> and i notoriously would leave my my pager on and my phone all the time because i was so scared of anything happening yeah exactly and me not me not being there even though there's a phone in the cabin and they could quite easily call me mm -hmm. i just left it on all the time so my pager's on the desk and it's like 4 a.m and the foghorn goes off and i just wake up bolt upright jump out of bed and I'm like, I need to get the phone. I need to get the phone right now, right now. There's something <laughs> like really panicking <laughs> because I, th I think the theatre's on fire or something. And um, my missus, t my missus turns around and just goes, Sam, it's the bloody foghorn. Go back to sleep, you idiot. <laughs> and that, that was the last I heard of it. She'll thank me for bringing her into the podcast. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> I'm sure, sure that won't be the last time we hear of her. But yes, no, we will. We will <laughs> no, we um, we'll do. Another, I would like to do a podcast a bit of couples at sea and how well what that's like. Because I know a lot of people have a lot of questions about that. But again, that that'll be interesting. For another day. It'd be an interesting. One. <laughs> um, so did you? So, so had you guys been on any ship before? You set you set away to sea. I mean, had you ever seen a cruise ship? Been on one before, or anything like that? And if so, were you worried about getting seasick or anything along those lines, or sort of how you're going to get in contact with friends and family back home? Let's start off with Chris. Uh, I I had no idea what I was getting in for. I've I'd never been on a ship, so this one ship that I was joined, I just saw it, it was absolutely massive. Didn't have a, a clue what was going to be happening, or all I know is everyone was telling me, "Oh, have you ever been on a ship before?" No. Oh, we're crossing the Atlantic, and so <laughs> they were really sketch. They were really sketching me out uh, yeah. for my first, uh, and everyone was really excited to see uh, whether I was, you know, going to be seasick. And I just remember uh, I was doing the first registration session in the um, in the kids zone, and uh, we weren't moving yet, but they kept teasing me by saying, "Oh, can you feel it moving? Can you feel it moving?" Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> And and then as as we started pulling away, they're like, "Oh, how are you doing? How are you doing? How are you feeling?" Um, yeah, and. Uh, um, no, I was I was absolutely fine, but I was dreading it, uh, mm. especially that first night. We did go to the um, the crew bar where I met a certain Australian sports director. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and and we really were moving a lot. Like you could put your you could put your 
drink on the table and it it was at the point where it was sliding off and there were bottles sliding off yeah. um the the tables and things so i was like oh my god is this is this actually how it is and um <laughs> this this aussie guy was like ah you're all right you're still drinking yeah oh no you're gonna be fine <laughs> yeah uh, he's amazing mate i tell you what the one the one feeling that i can remember i can remember this bit straight straight away basically the first time the horizon disappeared and I couldn't see <laughs> land anymore. That first moment, you finally mm. realise that you are literally completely on your own in the middle of the ocean. Oh, not on your own, obviously there's other people on the ship, not that lucky, but completely in the middle of the ocean and sort of like, and, and that became, that feeling of sort of like a little bit of excitement became something that I actually fell in love with. I loved the idea of feeling so detached from absolutely everyone being in the middle of this ship, but I'm, I can still literally picture it in my head where I was standing. I could go and stand there on that ship now and tell you where I was the first time the horizon disappeared into the distance. That was that was amazing. That uh, Not knowing when I was... Because we actually set off... No, I did think I did... What did I do? There's one small, quick cruise, and then... We started the world voyage. So it was one quick um, Mediterranean cruise, I think, and then we started the world voyage. So when we left for the world voyage, I thought I'm not going to see home again for six months now. So that was, I don't know. I absolutely loved that feeling. It was amazing. I still, I some of the way the, sh the ship smells as well. Do you find that at all? Each ship smells different? <laughs> yeah. <I'd>, yeah. <laughs> after I had a nine-year break, I walked back onto it and went, it smells the same. It was, I don't know, all these sort of... Yeah, each ship just has their own smell, don't it, they? It does, doesn't it? It's really weird. What, clean? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't smell anything like my room. But... I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not used to this. Uh, this, is, this is lovely. There's someone, someone's sweeping up behind me. This is amazing. I think, it, I think it's, like, particularly where we've worked, like, there's a lot of uh, wood and things, isn't there? And I think yeah. it just, like, it's such a unique smell to it that you just know exactly where you are <laughs> it is it, it became it became really homely stop <laughs> laughing at smells it christopher i'm starting to remember now why i said you weren't important <laughs> Does your ship smell that wood? People, <laughs> I've people got one know of the me. Metal ships, boy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's but it does. I still remember. Like I, I couldn't tell you what it was until I went back on and smelt it again. But yeah, no, I do find it's really weird. It is. Do you scratch and sniff every time you walk up the gangway? <laughs> I don't need to. There is a waft of air that comes around. <laughs> I, I, and the offensive I tried air that conditioning. with the security guard on my first day, but what you sniffed the happy. you sniffed the security you guard. The <laughs> yeah, I tried, but not the guard. Don't like that. No, they don't indeed. Uh, some, 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 some do. Yeah. A, but, well, and we will be talking to that security officer at some point later on. Uh, but yes. But no. Um, um, so, did you join when you had? A, like reasonable internet signal i mean 
let's not kid ourselves. The Wi-Fi these days, with the advances in technology, and um, I mean, it's excellent, really. I think it's just absolutely amazing that um, you can, you know, have the same download speed as 1996 on a ship in 2020. <laughs> um, but yeah. It's but even before then, when I first joined, that wasn't even an option. So you had no phone signal, no internet, unless you actually went onto a computer. And I had to get phone cards and stuff. And also, I didn't have a phone in my room that I could use. I had to stand in the corridor with a payphone. There was like a bank of payphones and stuff. Oh my god, I sound like I'm working in the 1920s. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago, but either way, the ship was very, very old. Uh, this was the like the end of this ship, should we say? Um, and so yeah, so getting in touch with people like some very big hints here as I, I, really, I know ship, i know do you know what I mean? but what am i going to say it's got pay phones on it what ship now you you could say that almost everyone in the world would know this ship they they might shame do. about the iceberg yeah <laughs> the pay phones are a nightmare uh, but no, it's, 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 she will never die. I think die. aside from Titanic, it's probably the most famous ship in the world. More than likely is. In the words of an entertainment director <laughs> that I won't allow, she will never die. <laughs> Tommy? No, no. Um, <laughs> Tommy's hero. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah, no, sort of like, uh, but no, getting in contact with people was, was, was tough. I mean, Sam, I mean, you, you must have had internet your entire time, yeah? Uh, yeah, when I first started, it was cards. Um, so, yeah, I think in my first couple of days, um, when I was first left on my own in the office, because there was this, kind of this unwritten rule when you had cards that you would um, the guest entertainers would get them um, yeah. because the guest, cr guest and crew Wi-Fi was different. So I think within my first couple of days, I had guest entertainers knocking on my office door saying, can you just pop down and get me a couple of through Wi-Fi cards, and, and I'm like, mm. dude, I've only just been here two minutes, I've not even got my own Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, he's... <laughs> Crikey. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's... I, I, I was quite amazed by that, and I was very ill-prepared for the the speed of it. Um, yeah. It, I didn't have a SIM card that you could use abroad at the time. Really? Um, Crikey. Yeah. You really so didn't prepare for I, anything, did you? No, and I, di I didn't really know, like, I knew, a, I knew a couple of people who had worked on ships, but they were primarily, um, what do you call it, track cruising, where it's like, it literally just goes to the same seven ports over and over again for the entire oh, okay. yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously what, what we've done a lot is, is varied cruising and world cruising, which is a completely different beast. Um, and yeah, they on track cruising they can get a lot better speed because they're in the same sort of area all the time. Um, but when when you're in the middle of the Atlantic or wherever, yeah. like, you just can't get that speed. And I yeah, I I was very ill prepared for not being able to talk to anyone <laughs> or anything like that. Ah, uh, Chris, for you, you it was all phone calls to start off with, wasn't it? We had. Did we have internet oh, on our yeah, phone? Oh yeah, you had to we, pay. We didn't have internet uh, on our no, phones, you paid did per, we? No, uh, not when I first joined. Oh, well, you could, but um, it was you had to pay per megabyte, uh, and it changed. I remember yeah. at one point it, you could either buy, you could either buy like what two twenty megabytes or two hundred minutes or vice versa, and they kept yeah. switching between them. Um, I just remember because people just told me don't even bother, just talk to people when you're on land or whatever, or sort it out then. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you, for my entire contract, first contract, I didn't actually 
purchase any phone cards or anything like that. I got the one they gave me for um, for Christmas and my birthday, and I used that to phone. Uh, but even that, trying to get a signal to to go through at that time, it was it was pretty shocking. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Uh, I do miss that. I do miss those days as well. Because it made the crew bar and officers bar the most social places in the world. Like, yeah. you know, you would work with you would work with people all day. Uh, you'd be chatting to them. No one had the distraction of their phones. Absolutely no, no one. Uh, but now they don't get me wrong. It, it is it's great. You can keep in touch with like friends and family at home uh, much better because we've got these packages and things but especially for the filipino it, guys that have their family at home and the indian families that have basically got, oh the yeah only way it's hundred percent so for them it's amazing but we but. exactly but you know we'd go into a port into a restaurant uh and it was vital you got like you know a restaurant which had like wi-fi or something like that and then we became the most anti-social people and if there was like a waiter or someone who commented on it we would all just roll our eyes because we know that like we are stuck with these people we are with. Because those are the people you go out with in port. Those are the people you you work with, you you socialise with, and you only have each other's company on the ship. Exactly. Like you, you you've said everything you need to say to them. Uh, so when you're actually in port, everyone understands the importance of like, all right, got to get got to get a message through to you know family, friends, whatever, uh, things like that. Um, so I've seen that change dramatically where yeah. the only impact really is is the fact that i just say things a little are a little bit more um connected well definitely more connected now but a little bit more anti-social on the ships now that's all um but you know it's uh it's good to have the same connectivity on land as you you can at uh, at sea it's just don't expect to be able to watch netflix or oh no or, uh, or or youtube or anything like that on it don't expect that sort of uh that sort of uh, <laughs> connection at all <laughs> But even with the improvement of the internet, when you are in port, you can download, like, so many more. I mean, it used to be, literally, who's got this show, who's got that show, and there is still an element of that on board. I mean, we're all trying to watch Game of that Thrones. That still happens. Oh, yeah, no, I know that, that's, I know that still happens, but the fact that there is still so I walk much on board. media content. <laughs> you got a heart. There's so much media hey, content. Baby, when I come see my hard drive. <laughs> There's many, many ways of luring people back from the crew bar. However, hard drive is always a good one. Um, but yeah. it's, but the <laughs> yeah, thing is, it's, 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 it's the 21st century. Do you want to see my etchings? <laughs> but if you haven't, um, the thing is though, because if you didn't have that much in the way of entertainment back in the days of the, if you didn't have that, you would just go out. You wouldn't be that fussed about it. So when when I first came on board, I didn't bring any entertainment with me really at all. To be honest, I didn't bring. I watched mm. a little bit of the TV channel and stuff like that, but because the tv and stuff wasn't great and because i didn't have much to watch or anything i was i went out pretty much all the time and just socialized and sort of met with people whereas now because everyone's got so much media content but also prices have gone up and we're also not and the drinking culture has definitely declined for, you know for good reason it was getting a little bit out of hand um but the access access to media i think has definitely helped with the decrease in in drinking but also the decrease in in people being quite as sociable as they used to be which is a bit of a shame yeah 100 percent agree with that yeah yeah um right well to be honest with you chaps i think we've pretty much touched base on nearly every single aspect of uh the first day i mean the, probably the only thing we haven't spoke about i think i think we got well we've got a couple of minutes we're, we're gonna we're, let's do it 
the mess. Your first experience of food on board. Mm. <laughs> now, Mr. You know, sort of Lord Fauntleroy Motley over there is probably absolutely fine. Mm. I mean, absolutely, just swanning into the officers' mm. mess as he were, certainly was doing. Chris, you would have been you would have been okay. You went into the concessionaire's mess. I started off in the crew mess. That was a different <laughs> kettle of fish altogether. Literally, a kettle of fish yeah, was the, the soup. Yeah, just the fish of the day. It was kettle of fish. That was it. Don't start on a coco van. I said that my roommate on his on his third day or something because there used to be two separate buffets. One of them was more the Western style food, and one of them was the Filipino style food. There's a lot of Filipino guys on the ship who literally make the place run. They are unbelievable group of people they are wonderful i love them all to pieces and i really can't wait to get back there and see them all again but there used to be two buffets so the filipino buffet and that and they have slightly different uh oh a, a slightly different diet they have sort of tastes in food that we wouldn't necessarily normally eat and let's put it that way, it's the nicest way i can do it so my cabin mate he decided that he was going to go and try that side of things for a little bit. You know, he goes, I'm experiencing things. I need to go and try it. So he went over there. He got himself a nice plate of rice. You know, rice is fantastic. Rice power. He went himself, got a nice plate of rice and he sort of went into this, looked like a stew. So he sort of scooped a bit up and it all came up in one piece and he put it onto his, put it onto his, into the middle of the rice, got a bit of the sauce and everything. So, oh, this will be nice. So we go back together, sit down next to each other. He looks at it again. I was not quite sure. He gets his knife and fork takes the two two ends of the bit of meat and pushes it together. As he pushed it together, it made a pig's trotter. <laughs> it was just sad. <laughs> so he didn't know. He wasn't a massive fan of that. I think he went back and got himself, you know, like a salad or something. But I, mean, he, <laughs> I just remember that first moment when he pushed it together and it became a pig's trotter. He was absolutely oh. devastated. But, but yeah. <laughs> Oh, the, the food's all right. I think the the main problem with the food, whether you eat in any of the messes, is it's repetition and the fact that everything is seasoned the same and you just sort of get, you become numb to the food a little bit, especially after you've done a six-month contract. It's not that bad, um, really. I mean, do you, would you disagree with me on that? Either no, not at all. I mean, I'm, I'm, not that, I'm not that fussy, so I'm going to be honest with you, I've never had a complaint about the the food really um no. i've i've had to you know talk on behalf of several people at random meetings and things who have had issues yeah, with the food no, but no. i'm going to be honest with you i i'm going to be honest with you i've i don't really see anything wrong with any of the food like no what i've eaten uh, in the staff mess, my time in the staff mess my time in the officers mess like i've i've yeah i've got no complaints at all i think they they feed us very well how about you sam was your first impressions of food pretty good? Uh, yeah, I would say so. On the whole, I think I was I was very lucky with the ship that I started out on, um, and and being in the officers' mess as well. Um, it the food was was really good. Um, uh, the thing that I was a little bit surprised about, um, and I know I know it varies between uh, cruise lines, but but the sort of segregation between crew and passengers i thought i yeah. thought there would be a bit more freedom to sort of um go and eat wherever we wanted um and initially oh. i felt quite I, I kind of felt a bit restricted that i wasn't able to just go <clears throat> to a restaurant and and get get a table yeah um and then over time i kind of 
I kind of realised that you can do that. There's just there's just like ways that you have there's to go about it. Yeah. It's it's basically a box ticking exercise. Yeah. Um, whereas initially I was quite kind of. I, I don't know whether some maybe someone had said something to me or or whatever, but initially I kind of felt as though I couldn't do that, like I couldn't go out other than yeah. going to the crew messes. See, um, for me that never came up because obviously I came on as a waiter, and obviously in all the hotels that I work in or the restaurants that I work in, I don't eat in the restaurant I work in, so for me that didn't even cross my mind about not being able to eat in the guest yeah. areas I, I that that line for me has been defined since i was 14 um, working in um, sort of natural uh, national trust properties and stuff like that in, in their coffee shops so i've always i don't know that sort of never came up to me really but i mean especially uh, in the production manager role and other other closely linked departments they don't like to eat in the uh, mess that's provided for them uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know I, what you're insinuating. I, I, I'm not insinuating anything. However, you decide to interpret that is what is is however you I wish, think I was, sir. But <laughs> I was just used to sort of you know like being being on tour or freelancing wherever here there wherever, and you just you go for dinner and you decide you're going to go out and you go wherever you want. You just rock up and you eat and. I never really. I was very naive. You're probably yeah. getting this picture now that I, when I first started, <laughs> I was very naive. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just like, I was lost, and I, I just, I, I came on, and I, and I was like, I don't get why I can't just rock up and eat what I want to eat. <laughs> why can't um, I just get a brace pheasant and a quail? That's all I want. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Papa would have served souffle by now. <laughs> the people that I spoke to kind of made it out as though you you basically couldn't do that. Whereas yeah. I think in reality you you kind of swiftly learn that actually you you literally just have to ask. But with a lot yeah. of it, it, it's who you know, is who you know. I think on, yeah. on ships yeah. a lot of it, it became yeah. who you know a little bit. And so long as you're willing to do things for other people, people are willing to do things for you. It's very much a sort of like a, a favour based environment sort of thing. If you if you if you stick your neck out for someone then like you'll they they will quite happily do it for you as well um there's obviously there's a lot of people that don't reciprocate and they don't tend to last very long to be honest if you play the game there's definitely a, a helper yeah yeah for if sure play, if you play the yeah, game definitely. you'll survive but you very quickly see if you're out for yourself on the ships you get found out really quickly you have to be sort of <laughs> Like I don't know, it's I don't mean that to sound. I mean, people go too far and they say it's a. But it's like, people go too far and say there's a mafia out there, but like really, it's like you scratch my back, I'll scratch your. It's a oh, yeah, tit definitely. for tat culture, not 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 like a we go begging for the Godfather's approval to to go and eat somewhere. <laughs> it's 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 no. not like that. It's no, you know not at all. treat people with respect and they'll treat you with yeah. respect back. Like, exactly, exactly. Right, well, fellas, I do believe we've managed to cross the hour mark, so that's plenty of conversation for us, I think, that we've done today. So hopefully, uh, for those of you that have been listening, hopefully you've had a little bit of an insight into what it's like starting off at sea. We'll have a few more of these conversations. Um, hopefully we'll bring them to you. We'll just sort of go into depth a little bit area about some of the places we've been to, um, just sort of some of the other entertainment that goes on, and hopefully we'll have a chance to... Uh, 
I'll be doing some interviews as well from departmental heads and things to try and bring you a little bit more of an understanding as to what it's like working at sea. Uh, but gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you. Cheers, buddy. You're for welcome. It's us. been an absolute pleasure as always, and hopefully we'll do a couple more of these together. And of course, uh, from myself, Mike, thank you very much. Take care, and we will see you all at the next one. Bye-bye.